Welcome to Verbal Art, a podcast where we talk about artsy stuff in different locations. 8th March 2023. I had this dream while developing this project with tables. I stood in front of a window. I told the person by my side, Hey, I know I'm in my dream. I want to touch this window to see if it feels concrete or soft. I touched the window. It felt as concrete as those in real life. Then I pushed the window open and realized that I was actually on the very high floor of a skyscraper. I want to jump. It's just a dream it won't hurt. But I was still afraid of the heights. I took a deep breath and looked down again. The perspective fooled me and the tall building turned out to be just a playground slide, like a foldable table tilted with one leg folded up. <coughs> yeah. uh, welcome back to Verbal Art, this art podcast with me, Senja Ram, uh, interviewing artists and people about their stuff. Um, Today I am here in the Fine Arts Academy, in the White Studio, in Helsinki, with Yunchen Chang. Uh, yes. you, you can say hi. Hi. Hello. <laughs> I'm Yunchen. Yay. Um, and we are here because of uh, your graduation performance. Yeah, it is. Um, and you study in in the theater academy in the live art and performance studies yes yeah is it a master yeah it is a master where did did you do a bachelor in performance also no actually i did my bachelor in linguistics (laughs) like literature and linguistics but not in finland not in finland in taiwan Mm. um so okay this performance is also an exhibition and an ongoing sound piece and a collaboration. There is a lot to unpack here, but um, let's just start one place. So um, maybe you can help describe the room to the listeners. Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, I'm using the Y Studio Fine Arts Academy, and um, this Y Studio is usually used as a conference room or like a classroom or uh, a gallery. I thought it was built to be a dance studio. Really? Because of the wooden floor? Yeah, that's why they put so nice floor in here. It's because it's built to be a dance studio. Also, it has better acoustic isolation than any other room in the academy. Yeah, I was also wondering why is it like Mm -hmm. designed this way? Yeah, so I got this. Uh, I mean, I got this chance to um, to create this piece in this studio for a month, mm-hmm. and yeah, and I <clears throat> tried to think about the size specificity of this studio and what materials I'm bringing in the studio. Yeah, just to have a dialogue with the architecture. Mm. Mm. Um. Yeah, so like we said, it's beautiful wooden floor in this kind of big room, tall ceilings. It's well acoustically isolated on like all walls and the ceiling, but in white. 
it's a white studio. Yeah. There's quite a bit of truss in the ceiling. Mm -hmm. For those who don't know what that is, truss is this like scaffolding local looking uh, metal rigging that you see in the in stages that mm. you used to hang like lamps and speakers and stuff from. And there are some stage lamps and things. And then there is a lot of tables. Yeah. Because your performance or exhibition is all about these tables, right? Yeah, <laughs> I can say that. <laughs> I mean, you can see that on, like, on the walls, there are like tri uh, rectang rectangular panels mm -hmm. for the sound. And so, like, yeah, it's acoustic uh, diffusion. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And also you can see like four gray pillars around the space. That's true. Yeah. And I decided to put the curtains away so I can show the like the uh, like the existing architecture mm. instead of like covering them. Yeah, because mm. there are very large white curtains that you can cover all the walls with here. Yeah, but I decided to show those um, um, rectangular panels on the walls because mm -hmm. they have like the similar shape with the tables. Yes. So it's kind of like extension from these walls. And the tables are light gray and matches very well. And so um, this whole piece is called Relax on a Shaky Ground. Yes. Yeah. And um, did you know from the beginning that it was going to be such a large project encompassing so many different things? Or did it start as one thing and grow? Actually, it starts from um, from this idea of... Um, I thinking of my home, like the home where I grew up as a kid. And then this constant revisit uh, of this house in my dreams. Mm. So actually, I was thinking about this expansion and distortion of walls, like inside this uh, inside this house, mm. like in my dreams. And I I didn't really think of using tables in the beginning. I was actually thinking about hanging like real walls. Like I, like the first idea was this partition wall. Usually, people use in the gallery space yeah. to like divide the space. We also use them in these uh, the studio spaces here at school and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, not like a real concrete wall, but somehow <laughs> like this like wooden uh, partition wall in the gallery. Because mm -hmm. I'm working in this gallery space, so I'm thinking about what is the material usually used in the gallery space, mm -hmm. and then try to. Mm, yeah, I try to hand them and and yeah, do something with it. That was the idea in the beginning. <laughs> um, so how many tables are in here? Uh, there are 15. 15 tables mm. and they're all the same. Yeah, they're all the same. Uh, they're quite heavy, no? It's Yeah. Why did you choose these tables? Well, um like Actually, like uh, I was looking around the institution to choose tables, mm -hmm. and I found like this kind of table has a certain amount uh, from oh, the yeah. theater academy, and fifteen is the maximum amount I, I, that that I can get <laughs> from the institution because they are still used in the, like in 
everyday life. Okay, so they were like, you can have 15. Yeah, that's the no maximum. More. Yeah, okay. Mm. You wanted more to start with? Yeah, actually I wanted more so I can build something. Like, <laughs> I don't know why I can actually build, but then I realized it's actually good enough. Because <laughs> yeah. it's uh, like manageable in the performance, for example. Yeah, mm. so let's try and help describe for the audience what is happening with all these tables. So um, there are these tables that you can fold the legs in, these metal legs, so that they can be flat. Um, but they're quite sturdy. And right now, some of them are folded on the floor, like upside down or bottom up. Some of them are leaned against each other, halfway folded, and like uh, others are hanging from the truss in the ceiling in different angles. Some of them are used for screens for video projections or light projections, mm. just minimalist colored light projections. But um, so it's like a sculptural installation right now, like a multimedia sculpture installation. And there's the sound piece running in the background that we will get back to. But then you also do a performance multiple times during this exhibition period. And I will include some sound from one because I saw one performance the other day and recorded it. Uh, so you will hear bits and pieces here and there where you you move around the tables and you use them to make sound on and you build sculptural things and you dance with the tables. I don't know, a lot is happening. Um, but also you have been collaborating with some other people, right? Mm. So yeah. who are they or and what have they done here? Mm, that's a very interesting question. <laughs> Like, uh, I collaborated with a sound designer, Yoni, from the sound design mm -hmm. department. And then uh, one jazz drummer, Demo, from uh, Sibelius Academy uh, in jazz drumming, in jazz department. And uh, we work as a trio in this uh, performance, um, uh, in this performance making. And I always, like, I'm actually interested in these, like, functional roles and these performative roles, or mm -hmm. performing functional roles. So I don't want them to, sound, so for example, I don't want Yoni to do sound design by staying with the mixer, but somehow, like, Yoni can also move in the, in the constellation of tables and then produce sounds with yeah. his design. And he does that at one point. So, like, okay, the mixer is also, like, placed on a table that is, like... Tilted. It, <laughs> it looks like it's falling. The table is not standing. It's standing on one leg, and the rest is, like, sliding. And the mixer looks like it's sliding down the table, and the cables are just, like, slanted down. And, yeah, it's... <laughs> but it stays there. It's installational. <laughs> Did you stick it to the yes. table? Yeah, okay. So, I mean, in the performance, yeah, what I noticed was that Johnny was doing, like, sound design on the... Mixer obviously recording and using the sounds that you and what is he called? Demo. And Temu were producing with the tables. But then at one point, I felt like Yoni was satisfied with what he had done on the mixer and he stood up and then he also started moving tables. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I also went, like, I went to switch lights off. Yes. Or, like, switch lights back on. So we're kind of like switching between roles. Is this planned? Yeah, it is. So, are the 
is the performance choreographed or is it improvised? It's actually quite choreographed, right? but we, we leave quite much space for improvisation. Okay. Mm. It felt very improvised. Yeah, but there's like a structure so we can somehow feel safe uh, mm. in, improvis in impro improvisation. It's also a full hour. It's a quite long mm. space to yeah. fill if it's full improvised. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I think let's try to go through the elements that are here in the room. Mm. We have the tables. We have two video projections. Who made those? Oh, uh, I made this one uh, with um, with the eyes and the bubbles under the under the eyes. And it's um, yeah, it's actually a, a two minutes video in a loop. Mm -hmm. mm. It looks like a seashore that is frozen. Yeah. But it's actually a small detail, right? Like yeah. close to the ground. Because yeah. it looks like an aerial shot, like from far up. Yeah, I really enjoy this, like, like different readings. So mm -hmm. I decided not to put other footage, just have this one. Mm -hmm. yeah, it looks like a still image, but then when you look, it's actually, there are bubbles under the eyes. Yeah. I, yeah. So I was actually selecting footage, then decided to use just one mm -hmm. in loop, creating this, like, yeah, like a st like still image, but so some details happening and what about this other video piece it's like spread out over three tables so it's broken up and the tables are not completely used as the screen but i like there's all this like overlapping square pattern happening in this space with these elements hmm yeah yeah i mean i talked with one filmmaker from time and space Wille Koskinen, yeah yeah mm. yeah and then this is actually from the from Villa's archive. Okay. Like um, I actually talked to him about uh, what is the concept of relax on the shaky grounds. Like there are several definitions, and then he could somehow select from his unused archive mm. to compose what he thinks of, like how to relax on the shaky grounds. Yeah. What does this title mean to you? Yeah, there are actually several levels. Like the first one is actually like these dreams and the house transform trans transform itself in a dream. So like this un like, like shaky house in in my dreams. So th yeah, this is an interpretation or a, a thing that you made up for the for the title. It's not a common understanding of like. Uh, no 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 no. It's like my definition. Your definition. You, like, you made all the definitions. Yes. Like, okay, like I try to work. I try to work with this. This like concept, yeah. Um, and then the second one is actually, yeah, on my artistic life because mm -hmm. the previous project I work with uh, chairs, mm. so I bring actually I bring like I brought hundreds of chairs into Kubatila Gallery, and then it was like um, one month uh, durational piece. Mm -hmm. And yeah, when the chairs kept moving, right? Yeah, yeah. And Did, who moved them? I moved them. And also audience, like visitors were like welcome to move them and like construct mm -hmm. sculptures. And I will work from what's there, like for the performance. Actually, episode number two of this whole podcast series, I was sitting on one of those chairs while recording. 
because I was interviewing Natalia in the same exhibition about the breastfold. Oh. Yeah. That's so, <laughs> so nice. So we were sitting on some of your chairs. That's so nice. <laughs> I really enjoy like this like functional functionality of a chair and then the sculptural possibility of a chair. So mm-hmm. I think in this piece I kind of explore like I'm also exploring the like somehow this boundary between, mm-hmm. for example, the first uh, part of the performance, we are just moving tables to the to the wall, mm. like this like functional role of placing tables like one by one, mm. and then how to like uh, make sculptures out of them and the, like the sound soundscape. like crawling on them and under them and like trying to move as many together as you can at one point you were moving three tables at the same time Mm. many times it looked super dangerous what you were doing because you would be like under one table and then trying to lift another table just with one foot or leg or and then at several times it felt like tables would fall on your neck and Mm. chop your head off or something i was really like and sometimes it came so close to me that I was like a little bit afraid tables would fall on me. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Then you should move. <laughs> Did any of you get hurt during this actually, time? Actually not. No, because they're quite heavy if you like, you know, yeah. if the legs are like suddenly not locking and you mm. are really balancing them and mm. you're playing with the edge of like safety. Yes, 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 yes. I mean, like I know it's, kind of improvisation but how we train ourselves is to get to know how to like keep us keep yourself safe mm. so that's the practice or rehearsal okay mm. and definitely there are many ways to move the t- move with the tables or move the tables in a safe way but somehow it looks dangerous and that's the same thing with chairs yeah <laughs> <laughs> And then, of course, in this room, the last item that there's, or the last items, are like uh, the benches we're sitting on, benches that are for the audience, and speakers playing this soundscape. And then there are these MP3 players and mm. headphones, mm. which contain your, you have like uh, recorded monologues from your dream diary yeah yeah can you tell a little bit about this having a dream diary yeah i mean i i always keep my dream diary like myself for quite many years yeah then i selected a few um to put in the the audio library with with the headphones in the space 22nd february 2023 the moon exploded 
Someone told me it was actually a monster with a mouth breathing and vomiting out a dust storm in the universe. The universe suddenly turned into a flat floor covered with old gymnastic mattresses. Under dim light, I saw a tree installation planted in the middle of red and green mattresses. 31st January 2023. You never appear in my dream. When I saw you sitting alone in bed against the light, I was not so sure if it was just me thinking of you in my mind, or if it was my dreaming. Is there a difference between thinking and dreaming? Do you write down your dreams every morning? Actually, I don't remember them like every day. Okay, yeah. But when I remember, I try to record it, like with my voice or like write write them down. So you record in immediately in the morning when you wake up,、mm-hmm. and so these recordings are like authentic from right when you woke up. No, actually, they are like、uh, rewritten. Okay. Hmm. Um. So this idea of your Childhood home changing and expanding, and the walls moving—that's from a dream. Yeah, yeah, that's from one、uh, one series of dreams. Because I revisit this dream like very often, so that's from、mm. one of the series. And how do you know it's your childhood home? Because、um, because of the architecture,、mm. like I somehow know that I'm now there, even if it's changing. Yeah, there are some elements like they are still the same, or it's like part part of the house transforms itself into, for example, a soccer field. Ah,、oh. and it's like oh wow, <laughs> <laughs> like the kitchen becomes a soccer field. Mm. Mm. Um, so, but there are a lot of the dreams recorded here that are about other things. So, how did you select them? Yeah.、Um, I was、uh, trying to select quite a variety of dreams that I that I have had. Like there's a a series with whales, because for example, my first dream as a baby actually is related to a whale. Your first dream as a baby? Yeah. Can you remember your first dream? Yeah, that's like very weird, but I remember this particular dream because when I woke up from this dream, I was in this like this crib.、Mm-hmm. And I remember I was watching the ceiling, like, and then I remember this dream somehow. Wow, that's really spectacular. That's just one, just one, like this dream. And so with me. you wrote that down and you included it here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In one of the dreams. My first dream as a baby happened in the ocean at night. A giant sperm whale swam by my side. I didn't have a clear vision. But I felt its gigantic presence. Could it be my bodily memory of being inside my mom's womb before birth? 2018, date unknown. I sat inside a silk tent with a lamp in front of me. The lamp was the only source of light in my surrounding. It was pitch dark outside. After many dreams. I ended up walking on the streets somewhere in Europe during the time of a war in the 19th century. Explosion happened in the distance. I traveled in a carriage pulled by horses. In the middle of a bridge, I jumped from the carriage into a river. A whale caught me on its back and carried me into deep water.
Suddenly the wheel stopped. I saw a spot of light in the darkness. As I looked closely, it turned out to be the lamp inside the tent where I was sitting before. I saw the other me sitting inside the tent. So there were actually three of me watching each other. So all the MP3 players here, do they have a different selection or is it all the same? It's actually all the same, but they play in a different, like, time. Okay, yeah. Mm. Oh. Um, yeah, and I think that was a nice detail. So in the performance, these MP3 players were just still looping and then people would put them on and listen to them during the performance. And also it was written beforehand that the audience were welcome to to walk around in the space during mm. the performance. So then, you know, after a while, it's like an hour is a pretty long time and you mm. just have this thing going on. It doesn't really feel like it's that important if the audience is there or not somehow. And then it's like, okay, I can just put on these headphones and I can walk around in between the performers and the, like these sculptural elements on this stage in the middle of the room because it's just the floor. And that was quite interesting way to be allowed to be a spectator in the space to to put on these headphones it was quite low the sound so i was like halfway in the dreams and halfway in the space but somehow i think this being halfway in the dream allowed me to be more relaxed in the space that i i could be sitting or standing in the middle of the stage without really realizing i was on the stage you know because i was a little bit in the dream that's so interesting. So it like, yeah, this being halfway somewhere else allowed me to be like more relaxed in my presence here. I was not so self-aware of my presence in this space. Wow. Yeah. Two thousand twenty-two. Date unknown. The sudden pressure on my chest woke me up. I took several deep breaths. In the dream, I was bullied both physically and verbally at the swimming pool. People pushed me into water. When I woke up, I lay on the frozen sea in a strange city. I didn't understand why I was not sleeping at home. I tried to drag my heavy body home. On the way to catch a bus, a group of people helped me to reach the tunnel at the ceiling. They told me to crawl through the tunnel in order to reach the train station. February 2023, here came a breast parade after a series of messy and entangled dreams. Young students in fancy makeups and dresses came out of the dormitory, showing their breasts proudly. One of the girls had three breasts, then another girl had five. I was not surprised by the number of breasts they had, but I was really impressed by how proud they were of their breasts.
very nice feedback because we were you. actually like deciding whether we keep the headphones for the performance or not. Mm. No, I think it added a, a an extra element to the experience because also there were not that many headphones. So people mm. also took turns. Some people walk around with them and then other people, you could see them starting to look a little bit hungry, like, oh, they would also like to try. And then you could hand them to someone else and they were so happy that they now also got to like the bonus ride or... <laughs> Okay, okay. Uh, now I'll keep it then. Because actually in the first performance, we didn't have uh, the headphone circulates. Okay. Mm. I thought it was interesting. I was like, wow, this exhibition performance, you know, it's not the first time I see something where someone tries to do everything in one go. Mm -hmm. It's quite common. We have a lot of good ideas. Mm. We have one occasion. We want to burn all the candles, you know, uh -huh. <laughs> um, because it's hard to limit yourself and to kill your darlings. And But often it just becomes very chaotic if people mm. try to do something conceptual and stuff too much in there. Mm. But here I thought, wow, it's so minimalistic and yet so much. But it's quite like, in a way, it's like working, even though it's really like experimenting with some formats. Yeah. So I thought that was quite, quite nice. Uh, interesting way to challenge the role of the performer or the audience because when someone is walking around with headphones on the stage you know like they become part of the performance yeah i mean i saw you walking like crossing the yeah like the, the space yeah and then you know like, i was like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> so great <laughs> yeah in the beginning no one dared but then one person did it and then, like, more and more people did it. And then people started, like, almost sitting in the middle of the space. I mean, at one point, I considered to sit under or on a table. But then I was like, ah, that might be pushing it. It's ah. still part of the sculpture. But, yeah, it's so interesting to see, like, when do people see this is a stage or mm. this is the stage or this is the table or this is a sculpture. Mm. Like, it's so interesting to see. Yeah, when is it an instrument? Because at one point, Temu is, like, playing a full jazz drum concert on a few of the tables. Mm. really nice because from where I was sitting I couldn't see him and that's the whole point I guess of telling mm. people they can move around because mm. people hiding under and behind tables mm. can't necessarily see what's happening from your angle mm. so I couldn't see him but because of all these like lights that are 
projected like in specific angles uh-huh. i could see his shadow of oh. just his head and this one hand with the whisker drumstick and so it became this little shadow play that i could hear the concert and then i could see like one hand okay. playing in well in it's so silhouette. nice to hear your perspective because i didn't i couldn't see like the shadow when in my no, position so it mm. might have also been lucky. I don't assume that he's placed exactly the same every night. Like, no, 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 yeah. not exactly. And also not exactly the same uh, like sculpture each time. Yeah, mm. it cannot be. Cannot. Yeah. I mean, we can we can definitely choreograph to be so like exact, but I mean, like kind of, we kind of lose the fun. Yeah, but also then you would have to have markings on the floor to make sure if it really had to be super precise mm. and. I mean, yeah, at one point you just like all the tables kind of like end up going together in this maelstrom of like a whirlwind of tables spinning around. And I mean. Yeah, I think it was nice that it felt a little bit improvised. I was curious to see like, I was curious like, if I went to see another performance, how different it would be. Mm. But so every day in this exhibition, are the tables placed in the same way? Mm. No, so they change all the time. Yeah. Do you just leave them randomly after each performance or how do they change? Yeah, I mean, um, like they are different each time after the performance. Mm. We kind of like reconstruct the exhibition with our instincts Mm. or with the positions of those tables. And also my personally would do some directional practice in the space. Okay. So I might change the constellation when I'm here physically. Are you here every day? Yeah. Yeah, every day basically. (laughs) It's a night day exhibition and I'm here physically. You spend a lot of time in this room. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> moved a lot of I tables. I also like tried to like go out and talk to people. <laughs> yeah, you should. <laughs> How have you gotten really strong from lifting all these tables for a whole month? Yeah, I mean they are definitely like a workout. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's not light tables she chose. They're quite big. Yeah, with like like metal legs. Yeah, and like they're fairly sturdy and yeah, mm. no. They're like solid desks these ones. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I would imagine. I was thinking that when I saw the performance, like, Oof, that's a lot of lifting. I yeah. was very strong when I was working as a bartender or uh, like working with disabled people, for instance, things where you had to lift a lot of stuff. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Which is also like several times I had the instinct to like join in the performance because there were moments where naturally, if you see someone lifting tables, you jump up and you help them, you know? Mm. It's one of these common things. If someone Mm. is about to lift the table, you're like, you take the other end of it. Mm. There were multiple times in this performance where my natural instinct was that I should have grabbed the other end of some table (laughs) and lifted it. So nice. (laughs) May I help? But then I had to like uh, remind myself that you are a spectator in a performance happening, and other people are also here to look. No, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's kind of interesting if like people would really help, but like in the, like this time I didn't really invite people to help. But with the chair piece, I actually invited people to help. Mm. 
But things like this is a very, as you said, it's very sturdy and heavy material. I also like worry about hitting or like injuring people yeah. while they were like helping. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. And so maybe let's talk about the music for a moment or sounds or what you could call it. So mm. what can you explain this p part of the piece? Yeah, actually, I uh, mm, like I, mm, when I was doing this uh, piece called Still Changing, it's actually a, a project with hundreds of chairs. And I already noticed that the soundscape of those chairs, like, they actually make, like, a sound piece, even though I didn't, like, emphasize on that side. And in this project, I kind of want to emphasize, mm. like, the sound elements from moving objects. That's why I, invite, I invited um, Yoni, and Yoni built some, like, sound system attached to those tables. Like four of them, mm -hmm. and so it's piezo, and with a like a sound like a box to so that's place them. What's glued under the tables? Yeah, yeah, yes. That's the piezo and the speaker, like a wireless mic, and uh, it's actually a design from him. Okay, and so uh, yeah, for those who don't know, a piezo is this like it's basically like a tiny, tiny speaker. It's this little flat disc that you can use in electronics and then like if you put it on a paper like you can make the paper like move and play the frequencies of whatever your little uh, electronic thing uh, but so what he built here to the tables is it for recording or playing sound or like both for amplifying the sound of the table Okay. While we move those tables and play with them. So they are amplifying themselves, like from mm. this hidden thing, because I thought it was just from these uh, overhead microphones yeah. hanging in the from the truss. Yeah, there are like at least two microphones hanging, and I I can't see what type of microphones it is, but it's these overhead style that you would use uh, over a drum kit to yes to um, record the cymbals, for instance. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I thought they were just the recordings. Mm. Oh, interesting. But they're not? Uh, no, not just them. So they're actually four under the tables and then two okay, hanging from two. the ceiling. 
because I was thinking about that as well when the audience moved around. Like I was wearing quite noisy um, <laughs> pants at the t that day. It's these. Uh, I have a lot of this uh, '80s tracksuit, nylon uh -huh. clothes, and uh -huh. these uh, some of these that make really uh -huh. like a fabric sound. Mm. And I realized when I was walking around, oh, I wore of course the loud pants. Did you this. hear? Did you hear the? No, I didn't. Yeah, I had the headphone on ah. with the with the dreams, but I yeah. just you know it's always days like that that you accidentally put on your loud pants, mm. which is why like I don't put them on when I record the podcast because then every time I move it sounds like uh, ah. sleeping back moving around um, but then I was thinking about it the audience moving around like the footsteps and this becomes part of the soundscape right so yeah. they are also recorded into the performance yes yes yeah and then so what the sounds are amplified and but they're also recorded right and then yeah what do you do with those recordings? Then we we play the recording in the exhibition. So it's actually now what you hear um, is the recording from our rehearsal, like like until like now. <laughs> we also record our rehearsal. So okay. in some of the recordings, you can hear us like laughing yeah, <laughs> or talking. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so does the soundscape in the exhibition change every day as well? Yeah, yes, yes. I mean, we're like we are adding yeah. like one after another. So it's actually increasing. So the loop is getting longer. Yes. But you're not layering them. No, no, we're not layering them at this point. We somehow just like... Yeah, the loop is extending. Mm -hmm. uh, so you can come here and you can hear the sound of yourself walking around in a uh, in the performance, like theoretically speaking. It would be hard to catch that moment, but it would mm. be possible. Mm. And then for the performance, is it like from scratch, new sound every day, or do you reuse older recordings as part of the performance? Mm. We actually focus on like live sounds. Okay. So we don't really play the recording okay. uh, to overlap with the live sound. Because so, we, we think it's actually quite a lot already. Mm. So maybe it's not necessary to like, layer, um, yeah, to put another layer. Yeah, it is, it, there is a lot happening, so I understand. Yeah. And also I'm thinking about like, what can be the, in this exhibition like what can i dif differentiate like the live performance and the exhibition like mm, so i'm just thinking maybe it can also be the yeah, for the soundscape of this space when there are, there are no live actions when the physical bodies i mean physical bodies of performance are not present but somehow like this soundscape is still here mm. Mm. yeah and so when you move around these tables and stuff, what are you thinking about? Like, what was the purpose of the movements and stuff? Is it how it looks or how it sounds? Or like, are you trying to do everything at once or? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's, um, that's a very good question because we actually find a lot of good, like, interesting things to, to do with the tables. 
but somehow in the beginning we kind of smashed all the good elements at once and then people were like ah too many things happening and so i was trying to like make a dramaturgy out of those elements mm. so thinking about like putting table in their normal positions mm. and then playing under the table like as somehow kids like from the childhood memory building your own my, like my own shelter under the tables and and then and then the second thing is like we just try to see them as legos okay <laughs> and then constructing something out of it and then you just take how many pieces you you feel like uh experimenting with in this building i felt like there were like three acts and a prologue and an epilogue maybe like if to use these more drama terms mm. so in the beginning when you are just like putting them all as if you're cleaning up the room and they're all like neatly put like squarely by one wall and then the first act starts where you are you and Temo like moving really slowly around kind of getting to know the tables mm. a little bit learning how to move them and they are slowly like going into the space and then Temo's concert mm. uh, and then this extra third act where you are all using the legs to play some specific concert type Mm. sound at that point i felt like it sounded like the tables were snoring That was nice considering all these like uh, the dreams as a background for this <laughs> and then i was like oh it's the third act now they're putting the tables to sleep and the tables they're all snoring now in the room <laughs> so nice. and then uh, the outro where you like are cleaning up the space or like re-establishing the exhibition mm. Mm. um and like moving elements back projector and things and mm. stuff And the audience is just still watching for that whole part and mm. like quiet, so it becomes this performative piece mm. as well. Mm. Yeah, I'm just interested in this functional transition. Yeah, like so I didn't I didn't close the doors when we are preparing the space, mm. so our, like some vi visitors can if they come early they can see how we set up the space, and and then at the end it's like people also <laughs> witnessing. Like how we sit all the things back. 
Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I'm wondering if this will like be caught in the recording, the headphones lying here playing the dream. But uh, <laughs> do you want to turn it off? Well, no, this is my own this oh, one here thing. Yeah, let's let's see. Now it has been there the whole time. If it's placed, then it will be there. But maybe uh, let's go back to those dreams. Speaking of now that we are talking of them. Um, yeah, this whole uh, idea of working from the dreams and stuff. So how do the dreams that you chose to include connect to this? exhibition mm. performance. you mean like the the text yeah so the those dreams that we get to hear and mm. a text you call them but like i mean when you listen to them it's like i was in this place like it's you re recall a dream or you retell it it feels like mm. right yeah 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 so how do those texts or dreams relate to this exhibition mm. um um, there are a few dreams, um, like related to the table. <clears throat> okay. And then, uh, I mean, I selected those dreams. Usually, they are very intimate dreams, okay. like with like with like sex or like some intimate moments, um, or um, some some like transformative transform transformative things in my dreams. And I think this transfer transformational potential in dreams is somehow how I deal with the tables, like these everyday objects into a series of images, or like 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 or or they become some kind of like uh, <laughs> like they become the the subjects, like they also talk or they have their own personalities. Mm. Uh, each table is actually talking differently. In the dream, uh, not in the dream, but here. Here, yeah, like each of them actually has a very particular voice. Okay, mm -hmm. and you remember them from each other? Sometimes we can recognize. Oh, this is the this is the one. Like like the the, the snoring sound. Yeah, there are actually three of them that can make the snoring sound. Only not th oh. not every of them. So we actually mark these like three. Uh -huh. And we actually call them the whales. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Mm. Yeah, so actually, yeah, I think dreams, I decided to record those dreams just to put the layers of how I treat those materials. Mm. Like this like gentle touch or like, because um, in my dreams, some... For example, a window is actually really like as concrete as a window, like in real life, mm. but they can still change in different scale or perspective. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's something I would like to do with those tables. So I'm dealing with like physical objects and also like the dreaming sensations mm -hmm. and, and how I can use these dreaming sensations to to. Uh, perform with the <clears throat> physical objects. So how many of your definitions of relax on a shaky ground have we gone through now? Nah, we actually, so the first one is about dreaming. Yeah. So relaxing on this like transformative potential of dreaming. Mm -hmm. And then the second one is actually related to my artistic life. So as an artist, it's really unstable. <laughs> I mean, 
Yeah, it is. Mm, and then like, it's like somehow like, how can I relax into this like, like vulnerability, instability of my life? And it also related to like my peace with chairs is it's called still changing, and it's also like how I think of my um, living space as an artist because I usually had to rent a very tiny apartment in a big city in order to survive. Mm-hmm. And I, how I was like amazed by myself, like how I can like make use of every space in that tiny apartment, and how my body can like change is like. Like like habits, like I can really be in a really tiny space. <laughs> so, <laughs> and then yeah, and then you, I don't really know like what is coming next. So maybe it's like it's like also a continuation from this um, these chairs and then tables, but it's all somehow my reflection on my own living conditions or living space. Mm-hmm. And then this time with the. Uh, um, another layer with the home because I think I kind of carry this house uh, within me. Does your family still live there? Yeah, yes, yes. Have so. you gone back to visit it any time recently? No. So I've been away for almost two years. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, yeah. And then the third layer that I gave to this this title is actually like mm, like my Taiwanese identity. Mm-hmm. So like it's um, somehow really it's also a very transparent identity that is not recognized like uh, in the globe. What do you mean? Like maybe some people don't think we are actually we are actually a country. So uh, because of China. Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. like. It's kind of somehow like transparent or invisible in the inter- international community. Well, people often don't know that Denmark is a country either. Really? Yeah, like you will meet people from the States or places that think that Denmark is like a place in Sweden, for instance. Okay. One time I heard someone say, oh, it's the capital of Ikea, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> This is just ignorance. <laughs> yeah, also confusing because Denmark has always is like this weird pun mentioned in a lot of like popular culture in America. Like uh, a lot of like TV series and movies will have Denmark as this weird country they put in as like a joke. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> sidetrack. It's not the same as like with China and Taiwan. It's a different situation. But, <laughs> but still, like this ignorance from people is kind of... Mm. Funny. <laughs> yes, a little bit. <laughs> wow. Okay, I didn't know. Yeah. So. So this like shaky identity somehow like, it's somehow hidden. I mean, I didn't really openly talk about like this layer in any of the. Uh, the project like here, but it's like one layer that I kind of give to myself and i i know that it's already a loss in in the space in the whole project so i kind of like hide this one like beneath just for myself mm. yeah and now for our listeners yes thank you <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um i was wondering maybe if you will be okay with it, I can get 
the the dream recordings and yeah. select like a few of them to include in the podcast episode. Sure, sure. Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah, I can give you the file. Thank you. Uh, how many dream journals do you have? Do you write them down also? Yeah, but in this one, I think they're around. I don't remember exactly, but maybe thirteen, fifteen. But in your life, like in my life, of course, there are like plenty. And there are some drawings. Oh, wow. And yeah, they are kind of like scattered mm. in different forms. Did you start dreaming about your childhood home after you left Taiwan? No, actually, it's been, actually, it's been like in my dreams since, yeah, quite an early age. Mm. 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 Yeah, I, I tend to revisit a lot of the same places in dreams. But I feel like it's different dream lives I have. I'm a little bit convinced that I might be visiting parallel universes with like parallel lives that I'm leading because I am revisiting places. I live in houses or I attend schools or something and I revisit these places in different dreams. And I know that these are the same places. I know this is a school I go to or something, but it's not a school I have gone to before. You know, these are like... So I feel like I have these different lives that I'm like, I get to live when I sleep. And in some of them, I develop skills, you know, like in one of them, I can fly. I can cool. also fly. It's so cool. In one of my dream <laughs> lives, I can fly. And the first time I did it was really clumsy. And I only managed to do it like a meter or a meter and a half above the ground. And it was really awkward. Uh, but it did help me get away from these guys who were like uh, chasing me. So that okay. was good. But then I practiced. And I became better and better after many dreams. I was super good at flying. <gasps> so now I can just fly like great in one of my dream lives. What? Yes. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. Actually, in one of my recordings, I also talk about my dream, uh, my flying and my flying was really, really clumsy. 7th, January 2023. I wanted to borrow a car to go to the university. But then I decided to fly. My flying was quite clumsy. It took me some efforts to ascend each time. The streets in my hometown became a steep slope with many giant ancient trees. I flew through these ancient trees along with some buildings and temples on the way. Finally, when I reached the top of the hill, I looked down and saw the campus beneath. It looked just like an architectural model in the museum from high above. I flew down to the campus, and it remained a model size. I was amused when I saw that campus model. Suddenly, the whole space turned into the lobby of the university. I was surrounded by students. But I didn't really get to improve my flying skill. Oh, I've practiced. Yeah, now I'm great. Well, in this one life where that's possible. I don't oh know. God. This one universe must have different gravitational rules or something. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know you could improve your flying skill. That's... Wow. I should, I should practice <laughs> it now. <laughs> yeah. This is so cool. <laughs> but I never kept a dream journal or anything. I don't... I, I tend to remember my dreams quite well if I don't have an alarm. Mm. But if I have an alarm, they're dead. They're yeah, that it kills it. Yeah, yeah, like, for right sure. Away. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Maybe. And mm. and so 
you have been collaborating with these two other artists or musicians and sound designers. Um, how has that been? Have you previously collaborated with people on these things that you have come up with? Because this mm. is your concept, right? Mm. Yeah. So how has the collaboration been for you? Yeah, I mean, um, uh, I kind of gave them a lot of space and mm. they, they also felt it. Uh, I didn't give them my dream journals, like text or any like context. Okay. I somehow start started from having a dialogue with them. Like what are they interested in doing and uh, what could be our common ground? Mm. So I, I somehow... in. I, of course, I talked about my concept, like I would like to work with this particular dream, but I don't know what the materials can be yet. And and also I'm trying to get them into the project, so I need to know what they're interested in doing. So they would be like willing to invest their uh, time and efforts in creating this performance together because they should be related to their research as well. Are they also using this as their graduation Thing. No, 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 no. That's why I need to find their interests. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you will be writing your thesis about this, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, so so also a way for me to think about how to curate their needs. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and also what I started with tables it was actually an accident. <laughs> I didn't think of using those tables simply because when I trying to approach Yomi, I asked him like. So what is what what is your like research? And then he's like, "Hey, Yunchen, I want to do this. I want to uh, have a I want to build a floor, and attach piezo. And then when when you dance, I can like manipulate manipulate those sound signals." Mm. I was like, "Okay, but but building a floor is kind of like a like a heavy project." Yeah, and I mean, so far, like, I don't, I don't really have the capacity to build a floor. Mm. And I was just like, hey, what about we just start with tables? And I just, and you can attach underneath and then just place it, like, fold, just fold the legs and then place the table uh, on the ground and I can move on it. Mm. And then you can collect those signals from my movements. That's oh, how we started. Wow. So, oh, that's so nice. So in the beginning, we were thinking, like, okay, maybe we can use a lot of tables to cover the whole Y studio. Just use them as stage elements to make yeah. a floor with. Yeah, and then we, I really dance on it, mm. and, and then he could like, like, use them and collect the signals. But then uh, the tables cannot be stepped on because they are from the. <laughs> from Theatre Academy. So when we're negotiating, we cannot get uh, so many of them when they cannot be actually stepped on uh, by the audience. So mm. that was kind of like, uh, yeah, like a negotiation. Which often in art, it's a lot about negotiations and readapting and working with the possibilities you have. Yeah. And not the dreams you might have to start mm -hmm. with. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, so this is... Mm -hmm. But sometimes that's good because it means that you think outside of the box you put yourself in and then you come up with something like this. Yeah. Dancing or doing acrobatics and with the sculptural installation of tables. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And also my supervisor was like, 
when he was very excited about me using tables. Okay. In the beginning, I was a bit afraid of this idea because um, this would be such an obvious continuation from chairs. Like yeah, I thought chairs and the second one tables. I thought for sure that like it made sense that you were working like oh okay Yunchen is doing a lot of this like furniture stuff. Yeah, <laughs> and I wasn't sure like if I should build my artistic identity on this path. Being the furniture artist. <laughs> furniture artist. <laughs> But in this very specific minimalistic maximized way with like. A lot of elements, like the chairs, they were mm. stacked or almost like just in a one big pile in the mm. middle of the gallery space, but all the same chairs mm. and here all the same tables hanging from the ceiling in the space. And yeah. Mm. Yeah. What about this choice to have them hanging and like, was that just to make it more of like a fixed installation or? Mm. Yeah. I mean, I kind of wa still want to hang, like I cannot. I couldn't hang a wall, as I imagined, mm. to talk about this like transformation of home. Mm -hmm. But then I'm I'm thinking like if it's still possible to to, in the beginning actually I wanted to construct a wall, mm -hmm. like a single wall with like double like several tables. Okay. Then I realized I could, then in this way I kind of treat tables as materials, mm -hmm. to build a wall that I imagined. But then I was thinking, maybe I can just see them as tables and hand them individually as tables with their legs up mm -hmm. instead of putting them like folding them up by just leave the legs like how they are as tables in normal use and just hand them individually. But it is a little bit like a dream or something where suddenly everything is floating around in the space and then it has just stopped in the movement in the middle. Or maybe some of these wall panels have like broken free and become tables in the air, mm. you know. Yeah, then I kind of enjoy this idea because like, the panels on the walls, they are also in like rectangular shape. So like tables become extension of the walls mm -hmm. and yeah... That's right. Mm. And also I was thinking about like, because I, I, they kind of like the, um, the table is facing the floor. So it's kind of like a reflection of what's happening or the tables on the floor. Mm. Like they kind of like reflect each other. And also it highlights this weird because like the tables look heavy, but then you move them around in this way, like suddenly they don't feel so heavy because you manage to move three at the same time in this kind of elegant slow ballet thing. And then some of them are hanging from these seemingly quite thin wires. And yeah, so then these elements or materials that, that felt really heavy or clunky to start with, suddenly mm. like you start questioning the materiality mm. of them and, oh, maybe they are actually quite light and flexible or, mm. you know. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's, that's, I think that's the interesting part in the process, like how to move four tables at a time. <laughs> Did it take a long time to learn? Like trying to find mechanism that can be connected. Yeah, so it's part of the building. Because like, you kind of stack them or like, you know, use the legs a little bit to like uh, connect them to each other. And yeah. So you can drag them. Yeah. So I didn't really use a lot of efforts in dragging four of them together, for example. 
So that's the interesting process to, yeah. or like how can we move all of them all together? But you get mm. weirdly familiarized with a material when you work with it so much, right? Mm, I yeah. imagine at this point you have like a really good relationship with these tables and you have a really like fine-tuned uh, feeling of what they can and can't do and how yeah. they want to be moved. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And also like, um, of course, there are still like accidents or surprises, mm -hmm. but like they kind of... Um, but it's interesting for me because I, then I kind of, I don't get too shocked. I kind of react to this accident and then mm. move with the momentum of accidents. And that's the fun part in live performance. Yeah, and also the sounds, like they, f they sound uh, quite suspenseful and there, there were none of these really large like falling sounds, but there were some that felt like they were on their way, you know, <laughs> of tables like maybe falling or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah. So yeah. a little bit of drama added. True, like some suspension. Mm. Mm. I also like the choice of like uh, of lighting at some of the tables, like with square. Mm. Uh, well, yeah. What is it called that you like frame off the stage lamp so that you so yeah. it's only the square of the table that is lit up. Yeah, in these nice. Damp, dimmed colors so what was this about using them like that yeah actually uh, it's um, a suggestion from one of the light lighting design students Samu uh, yeah he actually came like one week before the exhibition was open and I was like consulting him on the lighting situation in the space and then then like intuitively he just thought of using those tables as reflectors of lights mm -hmm. and he said you can you i can he said like I, we can use the the profile profile lights they are called profile lights mm -hmm. and then and then shape the profile lights just as the size of the tables and then he tried it uh, with me and I saw it was like really fantastic yeah really this green one is wonderful yeah like they really reflect the lights of the tables because of the surface like mm -hmm. they are they can actually reflect so I kind of enjoy this like using tables as like reflection mm -hmm. uh, so continue this idea of reflection because they can also reflect sound when they are like hung from the ceiling yeah, facing floor especially they have this kind of like coated uh smooth surface which makes them even more reflective yes yeah. yeah so when i saw it i said yes please let's mm -hmm. do it yeah it's nice and also it doesn't take more than this like some framed light to merely make it an art element like mm. it's now it's not just a table it's really mm. like it's a multimedia element mm. somehow mm. in a way uh and one very beautiful uh, part of it is that uh, some of these lamps are placed very low so that means people walking in the space cast shadows on these tables and so when I was walking there I was thinking that my shadow becomes part of the installation mm. and when you were moving around like that became part of the stage area in a way mm. yeah very multi-dimensional yeah I really enjoy the shadows yeah. of moving people in the space it's re it was really really nice mm. and and also like some of the lighting design students 
was suggesting like, yeah, let's just put the lights on the floor. Because usually lights in theater are like from, like usually from above. Yeah, or the side Sometimes or from the, the back. Side. Or, but at least like yeah. uh, there can, there are some floor lamps that you can use and stuff. But uh, I mean, with concerts that I have done lights for and stuff, the problem with floor lamps and things is if you don't tape them, you risk like, the rock musicians kicking them or you mm-hmm. know it's they become elements that the people on the stage have to worry about also mm, true true because in the beginning i i only put one lamp up there because mm-hmm. i was thinking maybe i can create shadows yeah but i kind of enjoy like using the tables as reflector of lights more yeah instead of creating shadow they are reflecting lights Oh, you wanted to make shadows with the tables? Yeah, in the beginning, I I, I only thought of like making shadow out of the the tables. So I p- put one lights uh, on the truss. Mm, but I think I think that the I think mm, I kind of enjoy creating two lighting situations. One is to show audience the whole. Y studio, mm-hmm. and then the second one is uh, try to make everything a bit lower. Yeah, when you were turning off the yeah. ceiling lights. Yeah, yeah, I quite like that. It created a very different atmosphere, and I was like, "Wow, now it's a real stage." Mm. Yeah, but somehow in a in a way that, like, I kind of think that it's still very interesting because it's still in a sculptural way of using lights. Yeah, I yeah. feel. So I really enjoy this suggestion from Sam mm-hmm. cuz how I did it would be really just I don't know. <laughs> but that's also quite open of you to be able to give all these people space to come with real suggestions and then actually accepting them and incorporating them. I do not always manage that. I have very fixed ideas about what I like and what I want with my art things and I'm good at like imagining and projecting far it, mm. about everything so I don't think I always listen to other people's suggestions so well mm. but it's quite a good skill when people are able to do that but if you have a very concrete I mean like like um, clear idea you should really just go for it but sometimes other people have really good ideas you know uh-huh. like this with the tables what if you wouldn't have listened to anyone then you would have never had this wonderful element yeah yeah i mean i really appreciate your contribution Mm. and uh yeah like the audience were not allowed to have uh shoes on to kind of watch this nice wooden floor but aren't you hurting it a bit when moving all the tables I i know i know i was like also hesitating like whether i should really ask people to take off the shoes Mm, just like there are some tables already like when we because we 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 drag the food we drag the tables and there are like some stones like (laughs) scraping the 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 surface or like making holes when we drag and then they create these like like, these like cracking sounds and i which is nice which is nice and but like they're actually tables 
that we still have to return have to return to yeah. the theater academy. And my producer is very concerned about us breaking those tables. Like, <laughs> so I know we are already maybe there's some like damage, but we really try our best to keep them. But it's an art school also, and you're making art. I think. <laughs> I know. I know. I was like, ah. Uh, I, that was a very hard choice, like whether I should ask people to take off the shoes, because otherwise we have to clean the whole floor every time, uh, yeah. just to avoid those like, like the, the the stones. Yeah. No, I think it's fine like this. Yeah. No. And mm. so, mm, you are writing your thesis about this as a performance installation, or how? What? How are you framing it? Uh yeah, I mean, I kind of frame it as a um, performance installation, durational performance, um, and also like uh, structured improvisation, performative performativity of objects. And mm. why the choice of having it as an exhibition also? Why not just have the performances and then have it closed in between? Hmm. Um, I think perhaps I, I'm interested in the duration and also the presence, absence of like artist's body. Mm-hmm. Um, like as I did this piece in, in Kovatila Gallery with chairs, somehow like I intervene uh, in this huge pile of chairs and then I leave them for the next week so mm. like like they are kind of they are like sculptural like sculptural elements and they are also traces of any movement that happened in, yeah. in that space so I somehow found it interesting to continue but it's gonna be like my solo exhibition there'll be no other artworks in the space so it'll be read really really differently because mm. in that tracing work exhibition like there are still other work there were a lot of work so it was a big group exhibition yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, then, and then i was thinking like so i'm thinking about this like mixed spectatorship mm -hmm. like how what kind of spectatorship can happen in this Y studio uh, and, and when i treat it as installation what kind of elements were like what I like to compose and have uh, visitors um, to experience and also what is the main focus of the live performance and what does this performance do to the exhibition side and how and also like vice versa mm. and also it's a nice uh, way of working with this concept of dreams being like weird flexible spaces that like you say that the childhood home is changing and it like time becomes less linear in a way if you keep revisiting the same space but you can't really trust the framework of it or mm -hmm. you know it's recognizable but it also is changing here and there and maybe it being multiple things at the same time mm -hmm. in the same way I guess it's like you can go into this studio and see the exhibition and you can see the performance and it's kind of the same, but also it's different and you mm. can listen to the dreams. 
mm. and be in the performance and in the dream at the same time. But if you come here in the exhibition, you can maybe focus more in the dream mm. recordings or I don't know. I mm. think it's a nice mirror for this dream concept or topic. Mm. Yeah, maybe different temporality um, for the audience to ex to experience. Mm. Um, yeah, or, or different different time frames, and also for you working with this looped material in the way that you are doing a choreographed thing, mm. but it cannot be the same every time somehow, and that working with this like the same kind of sounds, but mm. obviously you cannot the sounds reproduce the the exact sequence of the sound not also the same sound the sound mm. is happening once and then it doesn't happen again you know mm. it's like so yeah yeah i really like your feedback like right now because that's <laughs> that's the playful part that's, <laughs> that's really, wonderful that's really the playfulness in this in this process and also that's uh another layer of relax on the shaky ground it's actually about um this improvisation like mm. you relax on something that is not stable i mean you mm. i mean we have a we build a structure together but somehow there are so many accidents and surprises some unpredictable some unreproducible mm -hmm. things happening and how do i how do we like go with go along with those elements how do we go with this momentum or stay with something that is not predictable mm. Yeah, which really, working as an artist, it's kind of a premise you just have to accept. Because so much of our l career is based on, like, um, imagining future plans and applying for the opportunity to carry them out into life and waiting to see if they will happen. Because, you know, maybe you don't get that residency. Mm. Maybe you don't get that grant for that project. And mm. um, maybe you don't get that exhibition space. There are all these things. Then you have to change the plans or reject the plans or put them on a shelf till later. Mm. And then maybe you can pick them up again later when there's an opportunity where they fit in, you know, or you had like your plans completely scheduled out and then an open call comes along and it's perfect for you. Yeah. And then you know, it was not what you were working on right now, but you had another older project that fitted so well or an idea. And how often do you get a chance to carry out an idea mm -hmm. within a perfect context? It might even be funded, you know, mm -hmm. and then you just have to throw everything you had in your hand and kind of like, OK, let's just like throw one more application into my schedule. Mm. <laughs> that's so great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think that's really like a large part of our career is being very flexible and ready to adapt and readapt all the time not be too disappointed when plans change mm. uh, be a little bit optimistic mm. all the time or like yeah relax on the shaky ground mm. about things okay mm. well something mm. else is happening oh cool <laughs> yeah 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 and also because like <laughs> like taiwan is an i like an island with a lot of earthquakes mm. and it's interesting to kind of like get used to this like shakiness of the earth mm. and like without being like without panicking too much <laughs> yes have you been in serious earthquakes 
Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, like, like I think, well, it was like in nineteen ninety nine when there was like one of the biggest earthquakes. Like, I think it was seven point three magnitude. It's a lot. Yeah, and then more than two thousand people died in that earthquake. Um. Yeah, it could be very, very violent, and at the same time, many, many tiny earthquakes happen throughout the year. Mm. So actually, there are quite many. So, I mean, we can we we should be cautious, but somehow we just like <laughs> go with the shaky, shaky earth for a while, and then oh, 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 oh wow, okay, okay, now it's gone. <laughs> yeah, but you have to also, right? If it happens often, like what else can you do? It's yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Like sometimes. Just like take some like precautions, but still like mm. yeah, go with this unpredictable earth, or like energy. I mean, if you live in a place where there are natural catastrophes happening, then that's just part of like the the possibilities, right? What that's like? Okay, that is part of what happens. Like we live here, the winters are crazy cold. Okay. Then we buy really warm clothes. Or yeah, 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 yeah. Somehow yeah. it's really amazing how our bodies can adapt to one environment. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, now I'm kind of u- I'm used to the weather here now, mm. so it's really interesting to see like my perception of coldness. Like it's really different. Yeah, how well, I was. Be, you become very good at relaxing with it. Yeah. Yeah. People ask me like, how's it? How does it feel to be outside at minus thirty degrees? And I'm like, well, your nose hairs freeze. I mean, it <laughs> makes it feel like someone is pulling them. But that's a little bit annoying. But you know, you still go to sauna and you go outside with no clothes on in minus twenty five degrees. Right. Not for a long time, but you do it and you are okay with it. Or if you're a smoker and you're in a bar, even if it's minus thirty, you still go outside mm-hmm. to smoke your cigarettes. It's not like your face is going to fall off, you know? Yeah. It's okay for a short time. Yeah, yeah, And you really become really good at relaxing with it and just accepting it. Yeah. I think acceptance is a key word. Mm. Also for living with earthquakes or something. Like, what are you supposed to do? You know, it's like Mm. if your whole country is hit by earthquakes Mm. on a regular basis, it's like you can build houses that are built in the good way for this or something, but you can't really escape it, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's a very yeah interesting point. So your childhood home is changing in your dreams. Has it also been changing with earthquakes? Has it been destroyed? Not really destroyed, but sometimes I'm not sure if the cracks actually come from the earthquake. I'm not sure. I'm not really sure. But there are just a few cracks. Okay, but you've never had to rebuild the house or something? No, 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 no. But uh, I also wonder whether it's from the earthquake or not. Hmm. It could be. Yeah. I mean, here in Helsinki, they they do a lot of explosions for construction sites because there's so much bedrock and granite. Right. And so I have lived in a place where they had to do a lot of explosions just very close because they were building a new house. So they came to check our house, to mm-hmm. check inside all the rooms if there mm-hmm. were cracks in the walls. Because if there already are that cracks there, then it's dangerous to like explode just next door. Okay. Because then maybe the cracks will like grow. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. But do you feel this like 
like this explosion oh yes i did for one and a half years i lived with this construction work and explosions every morning my nervous system was shredded it was horrible to be woken up by the house shaking from explosions it's how, really intense wow and how frequently happened sometimes like several times an hour sometimes not for a week but they would have this beeping sound before that like makes it um so they can warn you so you know this beeping sound beep right. beep and then it goes faster beep 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 beep, beep, beep. and then <sighs> yeah it's crazy you would think that like it helps people to be warned that there will be an explosion but actually just you get conditioned so every time i started hearing beeping sounds my heart started racing because i kind of knew that would be a big explosion <laughs> no it was absolutely horrible yeah 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 <laughs> so exhausting super exhausting and being woken up like it's really stressful to be woken up by an explosion that the house is like the walls are shaking yeah yeah wow it was also like just next door basically but yeah <sighs> super crazy and and is it still ongoing or is well not there i also moved from there but like they built the house that's done but everywhere around helsinki the problem is they can't dig into the ground because it's stone all right so they have to blow it off away right yeah to build fundaments and stuff yeah so like it's part of the construction site practice wow yeah it's a little bit crazy it is it in, is in denmark this is not a thing <laughs> also earthquakes are not there was one earthquake in denmark in 2008 that people actually felt and it was like whoa there was an earthquake people felt and I lived and worked on a cruise ship at that time so I was in the middle of the ocean and I didn't feel it <laughs> have you ever felt an earthquake no I have not like the only one that ever happened in Denmark I was on a ship you missed it <laughs> yes I missed it I really had the FOMO I was like really we don't have any natural catastrophes which is like you know okay thank you that's really wonderful But this one earthquake that people felt a little bit and woke up from, and I was like, really? I was not there. And then one time there was this crazy rainfall that uh, the streets were flooded, mm. like the sewers couldn't handle it. So there, people were like swimming in the streets, everything, because there was so much water falling in one hour that it was like the sky just opened. And I was on a festival in Germany. I didn't experience it. <laughs> I just missed all the natural catastrophe in Denmark. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all this global warming and uh, I don't even get to be there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sounds lucky. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. I lost a lot of things in the flood. I had a lot of my stuff stored in a basement space. Mm. Yeah. Uh, they are, they were ruined. They were ruined. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Oh no. That's... Yeah. Yeah, that's too bad. I have yeah. like no images or diaries or letters or cut out <sighs> articles or anything from like about 10 years of my childhood and teenage years. It's gone. That's... Oh my god. That's... Mm -hmm. That must have been so heartbreaking. Yeah, but what to do? Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a little bit sad. Mm. But a lot of people lost stuff in that flood, so I mean it's because it's being in a country where something like that never happens nobody's mm. prepared for it yeah okay 
Yeah. And we also got a little bit around the world there, huh? <laughs> um, so this will be your last year in school here yeah yes and then what's the plan afterwards um i mean i will go back to taiwan and i will try to do my projects there and yeah and then see what happens next i would definitely love to come back to europe Not necessarily Finland. If like, let's see, like what opportunity, where opportunities lie, and where I can go. Mm. Like, and I would definitely, yeah, keep keep looking and like for opportunities here as well. Mm. Why did you choose to come to Finland to start with? I actually wanted to study like live art mm. and performance. Um, hmm. That's actually a very interesting question. I mean, I actually already, I was already planning to go to London. Okay. And because of pandemic, I canceled my trip to London. And I applied again, like, to, to different schools. And Finland, like, the uni arts opened this, this, because um, I think it's every two years they open up, um, uh, yeah, like, they, What is this? Wait. <laughs> the, it's not an open call. Like No. Uh, application uh, process? Yes, they open up the application process. Okay. And then I kind of like, I, I, I saw it and I wanted to give it a try. Because I also heard that they, they actually have a very interesting program in live art and performance studies. Mm. And it was also recommended by one Taiwanese curator who had... Uh, quite a relationship with uh, Finnish art scene, like in collaboration with being a jury of um, the Live Art Prize in Antique Contemporary Art Festival in Kuopio. Okay. And yeah, I somehow heard from him like there's an art like could be an interesting uh, place to be. <coughs> There are a lot of Taiwanese people here in Uniarts. You think so? Yeah, I think so. Ah, okay. I mean, considering how far away it is and like, mm. yeah. Yeah, actually there's like exchange program with UniArts Helsinki and Taipei University of the Arts. Mm -hmm. Like that's the best art school we, uh, we have in Taiwan. I think there's an exchange program. Maybe that's yeah. how people get to know UniArts Helsinki. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and we do get a lot of exchange students that way. Yeah. Mm, true. Yeah. Mm. But I think from the Theatre Academy, I'm the first. Oh, maybe Taiwanese from the Theatre Academy. But like from the Fine Arts Academy, I think we always have like quite a lot of Taiwanese students. Yeah, because of this exchange program. Exactly, yeah. Mm. Otherwise, I know Sibelius Academy also has a few. But they just have so many students also. I know. Like, <laughs> like more than a thousand. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So uh, do you think now you will be the furniture artist or <laughs> can you break out of this uh, role now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hope. <laughs> I'm really like, yeah. Because I also did a, a project in OD Library with a paper pillar. Like a white paper pillar. Okay. Made of paper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, like, I was, like, holding this paper pillar in all the library, walking around, 
as in like moving installation. Okay. Because in all the library they have like these white pillars mm -hmm. in the space, and somehow I just had this idea to to move this pillar and then tilt it, and then I don't know like move around people, and people were like, <laughs> suddenly there was like one pillar so close to them. It's nice this idea of using the artist's bodily presence uh, as a tool to animate the space as it is already. Mm. You know, to use these like replicate items or and then like move them around to kind of animate or highlight elements of the space that already exists. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm somehow interested in this like stillness and movement, mm -hmm. you know, this ambiguous boundary between stillness and movement. Which is how the performance also felt, because there were some very slow paces and like very subtle movements mm. also sometimes. Mm. Yeah, and also silence was like like something we keep we kept in mind, kept in mind like sometimes we need to also create silence. And how do we move as quiet as possible? But the, like, I did feel like it was escalating. Like the structure of it was that it was like escalating, that it was moving more and faster and the sounds were getting louder and louder. Mm. It mm. was this build up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so far that's the structure we like, decided on. Mm. Definitely there are def many, many ways to like frame this yeah. soundscape. Mm. But now you just have, what, two performances left? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Then <laughs> it's done. Uh, is there anything I have forgotten to ask or something that you wanted to mention still? or? Mm. Hmm. I think... Um, yeah, I mean, definitely, like, there's a series of, like, furniture. <laughs> but I'm also trying, some, trying like, something else <laughs> as, like, side projects. Like, it can be but, a really, like, slippery slope as an artist to do the same thing so many times because, yeah, you brand yourself. And then those are the projects that people will hire you to do. You know? I don't know. No, oh. but I, no, but I, I think it can be a thing. I talked to another artist friend about it at one point who had been working a lot with epoxy, which is this quite toxic uh, resin glue thing. And he was like, yeah, now I have worked a lot with this epoxy, so now I am getting curated to do these epoxy projects. And actually, it's not very ecologic and I don't really want to keep using these amounts of this epoxy because it's not so sustainable. Mm -hmm. I would like to move away from it. But now people are like curating me to do this. Really? Because yeah, well if you've done it for a while people are like, Oh I saw that, that was really cool. We would like that in this exhibition also and uh -huh. then it's like uh -huh. So yeah, I mean developing your art practice is partly to find your niche and your focus or like yeah mm. areas to go deeper into but i think it's also relevant that you keep your doors open if you want to yeah if you true. want to work with many things then work with many things yeah you know mm. yeah don't settle on being one type of artist yeah and also i don't know how what to do with this this project like in the future because i think it's it kind of belongs to the studio like, oh yeah you th like 
if you could move this installation, you mean? Or? I mean, I I mean, like the tables are from the institution, yeah, so they yeah. cannot be brought elsewhere, and also like in terms of like the visual elements of the space, mm -hmm. like it goes so well suddenly. Yeah, it was like site responsive, right? To yeah, this. Mm. yeah. I kind of build the the things like yeah, really, really in a site specific way. Mm. So. Because, um, I mean, from the theater production perspective, they will ask, like, whether I would like to tour, like, mm. with the, with this project. And they can reserve, the, like, materials, costumes, so I can have, like, one year time to tour this project. Well, we didn't even talk about your costume. Oh. Do you, do you want to explain it? Yeah. Um, it's actually, I, I wanted to have some, like, metallic elements uh for my costume so we uh find i mean after so many like uh drafts like we decided to use this denning denning material like to make this pen. beige silver denim ish it's very shiny yeah it is and then i wanted to make a jumpsuit like overall mm. because in the, in my previous project with the with the chairs i also had a like a jumpsuit. Mm -hmm. So I, I was interested in this like functional role in building and I wanted to carry this like jumpsuit idea. It's a very elegant jumpsuit. Yeah, Sunday's like, uh, I, I feel like I'm in the tea ceremony. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also like you are matching the colors of the tables. Yeah. So that's on purpose also, right? Yeah, like the... I don't know what is this golden. Yeah, it's not really bit. silver, golden, and then gray. The top part is the same gray as the tabletops. Yeah, <laughs> and then there were some like texts, mm? uh, uh, written with like, yellow markers. Yeah, I didn't realize that until we sat here, like in the performance or something. I didn't see it. Yeah, because I want them to be almost invisible, mm -hmm. but they are actually uh, some notes. Uh, taken from taken by the costume designer um like seeing us and taking some notes <laughs> so there are actually some texts like intersecting on uh, your sleeves uh, yeah moments of doing <laughs> bodies <laughs> tables yeah some notes uh, from the oops. costume designer mm -hmm. What does it say here? Semi-obscured by tables. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nice. Okay, so yeah, they are going to ask you if you want to tour with this. Uh, I know I talked to this Tata Collective about their degree, uh, uh, graduation performance and they are were going on a tour now this spring with it. So you haven't decided yet? I mean, I can't. No. I can't. No. I simply can't bring those materials. No. Mm. But you could, of course, later make other iterations uh, res related to or responding to other s spaces. Yeah, then we'll, within it would be the concept that travels. Exactly. And I need to work each time with different materials mm -hmm. to respond to different sites. Maybe even with different musicians and sound designers if you're home in Taiwan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course it would be nice to invite them. Mm -hmm. to, to continue this process but let's see how how it can 
it can work out. Okay, well, thank you so much for sharing. I think maybe we have gotten really well deep into everything. And also yeah. I will add sound bits so the episode will be even longer from that. Do you have a website or social media channels or anything you want to share with the audience? Yeah, I mean, so far I'm still building my website. Mm -hmm. But it might be a few months until this is out, so maybe... Okay, yeah, maybe I can like... You can let me know at the time. Yes. Before I publish, I can ask yes. you. Otherwise, now I only have my like Facebook and, uh, and Instagram. Are they public or private? Public. So you yeah. can tell the audience what it is. Okay, so my Instagram account is uh, Y-U-N-C-H-E-N-0-3-16. That's my account. I will also put a link in the show notes. Oh, that's yeah. nice. That's nice. And then, then if you type like Yunchen uh, Chang, like Y-U-N-C-H-E-N, and then uh, C-H-A-N-G, you can also find me on Facebook. Yeah. Cool. Not so many, so... <laughs> I guess you can <laughs> get the right um, And uh, well, thank you to. Maybe we should mention their whole names, the collaborators. Yeah, the, uh, the collaborator, the sound designer is uh, Yoni Itari. Wait. Yoni Irari Tapio from sound design department and Temu Mustonen from jazz department. And we can ask them if they have links to some websites they want to share also. Yeah, yeah. Okay, thank you so much for uh, for telling us about this project. Yeah, thank you for the fantastic questions. You're very good at asking questions. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> very cool. I also practice. I... <laughs> that's a skill. Thank you. Wow. Well, I really hope so. I mean, otherwise it would be silly to make such a podcast series if I thought I was not good at conversing. <laughs> but that's what I tell people when they're nervous. I mean, you were so ready. You were like, cool, I'm in. But some people are super nervous about it and they don't know if they should say yes. And they're like, ah. And I tell them, don't worry. I ask really good questions. You ask really, really good questions. Oh, that's nice. That's like, wonderful feedback. That was a really interesting question. <laughs> it's not just like trying to like, like I'm really impressed by your questions. Wow. And I always I also want this file for my thesis. Yes, of course. No, you're welcome. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I'm gonna write my thesis in in one month. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're welcome. I can send it to you. Um, Yeah, so cool. I mean, I think it's just so fortunate to get to have these conversations with people and help them reflect on their work and, I don't know, like, dig a little bit deeper into what it is we do. Yeah, I mean, I really, really appreciate this, this conversation because I felt like I didn't really get the chance to talk about this project. I feel like I just, like, presented and people Super came. Super immersed. <laughs> yeah, and then people came and said a few words and then we said goodbye and... Mm -hmm. It's such a precious time. And mm. also those questions really help me think. So wow, really I really mean it. That. I really mean it. It's wow. really, really nice. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, it's very like, it's not so often you sit your friends down for one and a half hours and talk to them about what they do. 
<laughs> Maybe I should start my podcast. <laughs> I'm really inspired by you. Oh, that's super nice. Okay, well, uh, you can get the raw file for your thesis, but it will be a few months until this is out because I'm also writing my thesis and stuff. But this mm. was episode maybe 25. Mm. And I only published like nine so far. So, mm. you know, it will take some time. Of course, take your time. Yeah, but thank but you so much. It would be so nice much. to have the file. And thank you for listening, everyone out there. Do you want to say bye? Yeah, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for listening and uh, hope to see you soon physically <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, people are listening from all over the world. So oh, maybe that's great. not. <laughs> but I'll be traveling, maybe. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye. Thank, thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. it.